Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 156 of Knowing Wheel. Yes, we've officially now made it three years in if we did these videos once a week. Uh, I think we are pretty much there anyway, aren't we, Jamie? I believe we started yeah, this show about three years ago now. So a massive thank you to all of you for sticking by and listening to us drone on about the world of Formula 1 each and every week. And I'm excited to bring good news to you all this week. Jamie has decided he's going to live in comfort because he's wearing his dressing gown. I'm not. It's a fleece. Leave me alone. You can't even see what it looks like. <laughs> he I'll told me up. beforehand. I'll do it up so you can see it's got a zip. There you go. How about that? No, I can't. I still can't see it, so I just thought I'd wind you up about it. Um, but of course, yeah, we're still in the depths of Formula One winter, aren't we, Jamie? However, it is just one month until we're back racing again in Bahrain, uh, and that immediately led to a bit of confusion because obviously the Bahrain Grand Prix is a Saturday night, so practice is on Thursday, which is really weird. Yeah, it's also a month from today because Thursday is the 29th of February, which is also a bit weird i bet that hasn't i bet f1 has barely raced on the 29th of feb before that's strange but it's um, still not racing to be fair no they're not but yeah first and second practice is a month today as we record this qualifying is a month from when you watch this probably and the race is a month and a day from when this is released so very exciting we are we're getting through it and before long we'll be testing and then we can realize how boring the season's going to be again well, we've got winter testing coming up, haven't we? In about three weeks, I believe, because I think that starts on my birthday, uh, on the 21st. There you go. I'll get the Feb. card ready for that. Wonderful. Um, and obviously, we've got all the livery reveals literally kicking off next week, haven't we? I believe Haas, like they are every year, is the first <laughs> to reveal, uh, which I believe That's is good. on the 2nd well, of... Technically, McLaren have already beaten them to it. but Well, kind of, yeah. So Haas are actually revealing at the end of this week, um, which is rather cool. Um, so we we won't be doing any kind of proper uh, reveal uh, reactions or anything like that like we have done in previous years. Uh, however, what we probably will do, like we've done in previous years as well, uh, is it actually works quite nicely uh, that roughly every three days, uh, sorry, every week, three, re three liveries have been revealed. Um, so we can kind of talk about the three teams that have revealed their liveries and what we expect them to do in 2024. That being said, I might do some live reactions uh, and that kind of thing as well alongside it. But Jamie, we, we have got a bit of news to get through this week, haven't we? We're kind of getting more and more stories coming in. Uh, and the big ones have got to be Lando Norris and Charles Leclerc have both extended their contracts with their respective teams. They have, they have. And Leclerc was first, wasn't he, just? Yep. Um... And they haven't put a they haven't put a hard end on it, have they? No. So I guess that's probably good news for Leclerc, really. Um, but yeah, it's it's probably it's good for all parties. I think it's good to get your your star men tied down. We see that with everyone, really. Uh, and I'm sure Ferrari are very happy with Leclerc. And it remains to be seen if Leclerc will remain happy with Ferrari long enough to see it through. I mean, that is surely the big question, isn't it? You know, it's rumoured, I think, to be about to the end of 2029, which it seems mad, doesn't it? Because 10 years ago, I think the only driver that had ever spent 10 years or more with a team had been Michael Schumacher at Ferrari. <coughs> now, mm. Hamilton has done that. Verstappen's probably going to do that. Leclerc's probably going to do that. Lando might do that as well 
George Russell might do that at Mercedes, it's suddenly become very normal, hasn't it? Which is quite odd. Mm, yeah, although we say this now, like, F1 always surprises us with silly season, I think, because all it takes is one of these massive names to get cold feet about their team. Uh, And suddenly it all kicks off. So say McLaren make Lando Norris an absolutely awful car that doesn't suddenly become good halfway through the season this time. And he's finishing 16th every week. He will, like, unless there's clear reason for it and he's going to be patient. If that happens three years in a row, like I did with Alonso back in the uh, mid-2010s, then Norris would be a hot property driver in a team that he doesn't want to be in. So a Ferrari or Red Bull could suddenly pick him up and then are you going to have Leclerc and Norris as teammates probably not then suddenly Leclerc's available to go to Mercedes for instance so it, it can kick off because all four of these teams aren't going to be winning at once are they so someone's going to get impatient yeah yeah I mean it, it was going to be a point we were going to talk about in just a minute wasn't it Lando's very very interesting interview uh talking about not wanting uh, to race alongside Max Verstappen at the moment I can't wait to hear your thoughts and feelings about that um <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you, you obviously kind of mentioned that there. I think if I was going to be a betting man as to which of the three between Max, Leclerc and Lando would leave their team first, for me it would have to be Lando Norris, I think is the most likely option. I would I say think... Leclerc, I think. No. I don't know. No. Ferrari are always going to be in and around the top four. Yeah. I guess, but McLaren won't be. Um, but mm, they won't mm. necessarily be. They always bounce back, but they sometimes just go off the grid for like five or six years in a row. That's only really happened a couple of times. Yeah, but it's twice more than Ferrari. I guess Ferrari went 30 years without a championship, didn't they? Or 20 years, sorry. Um, yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah, I certainly don't think Red Bull will drop the ball with Max Verstappen. And 2026, Red Bull powertrains? I think, I was thinking about this mm. earlier today. I think this could be, like we talk about how Max Verstappen left Formula 1 far too young. I reckon this could be where we talk. Remember, sort of back in like 2022, 2023, when Red Bull, you know, they kind of parted ways with Honda and then they started to make their own engines. How bad an idea was that, Jamie? <laughs> I can see that being a future podcast. A future, yeah, narrative of the sport, potentially. But then, yeah, I think Verstappen is the sort of guy who go and do his own thing for a bit and then come back in his mid 30s and suddenly everyone says that he's trash, like Michael Schumacher. <laughs> Michael came back in his early 40s. In early 40s, to be yeah. fair, yeah. Yeah, it's true. But we'll see, we'll see. But Leclerc has signed. They haven't put a firm end on it, which is very interesting. I think the previous one uh, ran until end of 24. So that's the end of this year, isn't it? Yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, and from what I'm just reading on the BBC, apparently this run runs until the end of 2029. Yes, but yeah. it probably has all sorts of performance-based release clauses if Ferrari do end up being awful. So we shall see. Yeah, I mean, it is it is interesting. You know, you kind of said there, you think it'd be Leclerc. I think he's still far too enamoured by, you know, he's been Ferrari's darling now for, you know, even before he got to Formula 1 yeah. for close to a decade you know, obviously Max joined, really joined the Red Bull family towards the end of 2014, didn't he? Because before then he was kind of closely linked with Mercedes, mm. um, which is a very, very weird pipeline to, to try at. and yeah. <laughs> um, Charles Leclerc didn't really, you know, he kind of got into the Ferrari family, what, 20, end of 16? So it was only a couple three. of years later. 
but he yeah. wasn't really part of Ferrari at that point yeah. still was he I think he kind of came into the Ferrari fray for F2 Prima wasn't it yes I think so but he is yeah he's been the the boy wonder ever the since, chosen really, one kind of thing. <laughs> yeah but yeah that, that I think will continue to be tested I think he he's clearly comfortable he's a number one driver if even if they wouldn't say it out loud, he is. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm just I think... trying to yeah. So I'm just trying to think back to when was the last time Ferrari kind of had a darling that they brought up all the way through. I don't think there's ever been one. I, mean, I know people who go, oh, Michael Schumacher. No, he Schumacher wasn't. wasn't. Neither was Vettel because they obviously no. Left. Yeah, yeah. Like they were, they were absolutely loved by Ferrari when they joined both Schumacher and Vettel, but neither of them started off through Ferrari. No, like you're probably. I guess Felipe Massa probably is the closest thing, but he never won the title, obviously. No. And yeah, that's it, really. Yeah, interesting one. Interesting one, isn't it? Um, I mean, have you heard on the other side, though, of the Ferrari garage? Contract negotiations with Sainz have apparently stalled. Well, probably because they want to make him number two, I'd imagine. Because <laughs> um, they probably put loads of money into Charles that they don't want to... They they don't necessarily want science to be winning if they've put all their eggs in the Leclerc basket. So, yeah, I th- I can see why science is kind of realizing he doesn't want to stay in a position where he's going to be number two driver. But I think that's unless he goes to some upstart team such as Andretti or Audi and builds a team around him. I think he's not going to go anywhere better than Ferrari. No, and this is what I was going to say, isn't it? I think there's yeah. maybe an element of you give me this or I go to Audi. Yeah. Are Ferrari going to be too worried about that, do we think? I, think I mean, he's you, almost no disrespect. Charles twice. No disrespect to Carlos Sainz. Uh, but you could pick any of the top 14 drivers in Formula 1 and they would do as good a job as Sainz in that car. He's done pretty much as well as Leclerc in two of the three seasons they've been together. Let's not those two that. Se- Yeah, he has. But those two seasons, Leclerc has been very, very unlucky. Then um, so is Sainz. Yeah, yeah I, think the, I think the problem is with Sainz, isn't it, still? I know we've spoke about this before. He doesn't have, you know, with the exception of probably Singapore this year, doesn't really have any flashy drives, does he particularly? Or even the races mm. that he does get that are flashy drives, it's normally you'll come from... Well, he's always the rumour, wasn't it, for years, the conspiracy that he couldn't be shown on TV when he would go right from <laughs> yeah. 20th to 3rd and was never shown in the broadcast. That kind of thing, isn't it? You know, yeah, Sites, exactly. for some reason, whether he likes it or not, seems to dodge the limelight. Um, yeah, yeah. And that makes him a great number two driver, I think. He's someone who will keep his head down, do a good job, but not really make loads of demands. I guess Silverstone 22 were his first win. That was but a even That was lucky, yeah. That was lucky, because Verstappen had the issue. Leclerc had the terrible strategy. Hamilton was taken out, wasn't he? Um, was he? Wait, was he? No, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, no, he was no. taken out off the restart, but Merck also messed up strategy. Yeah, and Perez was taken out at turn one, too, by Hamilton. Uh was it no, no, vice versa. By, vice by versa. <laughs> no, Perez took Lewis out, if I remember correctly. Or was that 23? Uh, I think you're thinking 23. I don't know. Whatever. That was luck involved with Science's first win. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I genuinely think like you could take 
you could say anyone and put him in the second Ferrari and they were doing all right job. Even someone like Bottas, who's probably not in our top 10 drivers on the grid anymore, would do as good a job as science in that car. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, mm, I don't know. I think that might be slightly unfair towards Carlos Sainz. And I think that, you know, there might probably as well be an element inside, you know, the Sainz family, of course. You know, Carlos Sainz Sr., absolutely fantastic rally driver. But once he won his couple of titles, he was then constantly the bridesmaid. You mm. know, I, I'm sure you probably aren't aware, but his rally record was insane from like the early 90s to the early 2000s. He won like two world titles in the early 90s and basically never finished outside the top three at the end of the season, but never won another WRC title. He was so unlucky in that regard. And I mean, is there an element from his dad going, take a punt at Audi, mate, see what happens kind of thing. If you can get a few extra million out of them, absolutely laugh, you're happy behind to the bank. If Mm. not, go to Audi, be the number one, Make again, I'm sure, a fair chunk of change. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's be fair for Carlos Sainz. W- would you say Carlos Sainz in 15 years' time when he calls it a day or something like that? Less than that, I would have thought now. But 10 years' time, Jamie, can you see a world in which we go and Carlos Sainz becomes the second ever Spanish Formula no. One world champion after his hero, <laughs> Fernando Alonso? No chance. I think. He's kind of, I guess, unless the Audi gamble goes extremely well and you get a brawn situation. That's what I was going to say. The like, only way you see that is if yeah. he does a button. Yeah, so Jensen Button, again, no disrespect. He's not the top cream of the crop kind of driver. He's like a very good, obviously very, very good driver, race-winning potential. I have Button in the same category as people like Mark Webber and Felipe Massa. I'd say he's better than them. I think but, he's better okay. than them, but he's yeah. not in the Alonso Hamilton. Oh no, category. he's in the single world champion category, not multiple world champion yeah. category. Yeah, and I think science is somewhere around those drivers where they're going to have a bunch of race wins by the time they, they retire, but they'll be fortunate to have a title. Yeah, right place, right time, kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, and I would put half the grid in that position. I think likes of Ocon, Gasly, Hulkenberg uh, would have been in his. You in his can time. see a world in which Ocon wins a world championship. I don't well, want to see that. As in, world. right, so right. As in, if Alpine turn up and they've got a great car, then one of them would be a champion. <laughs> yeah, but Gasly, I can see it. Ocon. I don't want to see it. Really, I don't yeah. want to see it either. But it is in that, he's in that group. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Let us know what you think. Am I just slandering half the grid for no reason? But yeah, probably. Probably knowing you normally. Um, let's bring it over then to Lando Norris and Jamie, and the very, very interesting interview he had this week. Because of course, mm-hmm. let's be fair. We've been saying it for a long time, haven't we? When is Lando going to go to Red Bull? And he's made it very clear it's not happening yet. And for one reason and one reason only, he does not want to be Max Verstappen's teammate. Is it wise? Is it stupid? Is it sensible? <laughs> I think it's it's harsh to criticise Lando for being scared. I don't like that take at all. Explain. Because he... Like, he knows, he's been in McLaren for such a long time now, that it it takes time going into a new team, especially when your teammate has been there for so long. Like, even look at Hamilton and Rosberg back in the day. Rosberg had been there th- uh, three years before Hamilton was. And uh, Hamilton went in, and suddenly your teammate has been had more experience, and it's really hard to get on the same level with all the people, because, like, he knows how everything works. He knows the right people to go to when you need something cha- changing or something doing. The new person has to get into that. It's like starting a new job. It literally is starting a new job. 
So I can see why he's cautious on stepping out of his comfort zone into a place where the team is set up around Max. And I think for his own stock, it probably makes sense to do what he's doing in terms of staying with McLaren. Because there's a possibility, like at McLaren, he knows he's probably going to beat Piastri. Like, obviously, Oscar's getting better and better. And they've had a similar I thing would there. still say potentially not the case. Yeah, I mean, it's not a it's not a done deal, but I would put Lando's definitely the favourite to beat Piastri. Oh season. yeah, um, and he goes to Red Bull, and he's he's going to lose to Max. I think deep down he knows that, and I think within three years' time, when he's been there a while, then he can give it a go. But by then, your confidence is shot. Verstappen's got another two titles down his belt, and he thinks he's going to beat you. So I can I can see why. I actually think it makes more sense to go when there is a rule change. Because Verstappen knows his car inside out. If he if Norris was to go in twenty twenty six, they're both learning a new car at the same time. And that kind of levels the playing field a, a touch. Obviously it's still gonna be hard for the new driver. But yeah. I think I i I struggle to land on the view that Norris is scared. You you don't think he's scared? No, no. I think he's being clever, and he know he's being potentially. I mean, he's always doubted, not doubted, but you know, he's very harsh on himself, his own performances. And, and I to think become that's... a formula, a good Formula One driver, you have to be. Yeah, you definitely have to be. But even when he does well, he doesn't say it, and some drivers would. And I think that that attitude has probably spilled over into his decision to stay where he's at. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult, isn't it, at the end of the day? Because if you're a top Formula 1 driver, you know, we're, we're going to remove your strolls from this equation for a second. If you are a top Formula 1 driver, can, do you see a world in which Lando Norris becomes a world champion in the future? Well, Absolutely. I'll ask you the same question. <laughs> yes. As I, I did a minute ago. So why, in what world does he become Formula One world champion if he, if even he doesn't believe he's the best driver on the grid? Well, the best driver on the grid doesn't always win the title. But it's rare that your teammate is the best driver on the grid and you win the world title. It happens because 2016 exists. <laughs> I knew it was coming, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's very, very rare. to If you think your teammate is the best driver on the grid... You probably should get out of that team if you want to win a title yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 understandable, but because like in mm. in the uh, two what am I saying? In twenty ten, in my view, Alonso performed the best over the course of that season. A lot, uh, Alonso, or Alonso Hamilton, or Hamilton, I think, yeah. But actually, so at that point in time, they were the best two drivers on the grid, even. Uh, like most of the late so in 2009 you would argue Alonso and Hamilton were better drivers and probably Kubitzer to be honest were all better drivers than but Kubitzer got beat by Heidfeld you know, he did right. but Heidfeld's a baller so it's alright well, yeah. okay. well the thing was wasn't it in the second half of the year as well that Alonso and Hamilton were the top two highest scorers yeah and the Renault was trash well, so was the McLaren yeah. for a lot of the year wasn't it yeah, true. And Raikkonen did well second after season two, and he's yeah, also. Yeah, it might have been it might have been Hamilton Raikkonen that were top two yeah. by the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of thing, you know, you get lucky, and Verstappen has a bad car for one year, because that's basically seems to be how it's going at the minute, where 
no one thinks they can touch Max. And I'm sure someone will come along that thinks they can. And that would be great for the sport. Argue, I'll take Hamilton out of this equation because he obviously does have the confidence still, but not the car. So all these young drivers, they don't, they don't really want to go against Max Verstappen in a Red Bull because everyone just thinks they're going to lose. Because we've seen so many solid drivers go up against Max and get absolutely trounced. I guess the, then sort of my next question is, if you remember back to the early 90s, I wasn't born, oh, but I'll try. No. <laughs> but you kind of, you know about obviously the F1 landscape. Obviously yeah, yeah, you yeah. had, obviously you're at and Senna, you're Alan Prost, you're Nigel Mansell, you're Nelson Piquet, all this, that and the other. Obviously Prost had retired, came back, but have retired. Mansell left, came back, retired. PK retired and started saying horrible things about people that <laughs> weren't him. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of created a vacuum, didn't it? Where yeah. Etten Senna basically could go, you've got the fastest car, I I'm want to drive to that. You saw this in the 50s, taking it even further Oh, back, yeah, yeah. Juan Manuel Fangio. Could we end up in a scenario like that again? Where, say for example, 2026 rolls off, the Ford Red Bull power unit is 50 horsepower down. It's breaking down every other week. McLaren, they dominate around one of the season. Lando lapped up to P4. <laughs> Max Verstappen turns around at the end of the opening weekend of the year or five rounds into the week, five rounds into the, into the season. Gives Zach Brown a little bit of a message going, I want to win more championships. I'll race for you for free. I want to go in alongside Lando. <laughs> I doubt I struggle to see it happening mid-season, but I think that thing that could definitely be the case. I mean, we saw what, it. With... What do you do then if you're well, Orlando when... Norris? If you've already yeah, accepted this exactly. guy's quicker than you, but I and think suddenly that... he's moved to your team. The interesting thing about the the Norris interview that he did was the impression that I got is Norris would be well up for going against Verstappen in McLaren because I think he'd oh, back yeah. himself. You'd always so want to thing. do that fighting if at it's, home. If you're the one with the knowledge of the team I think Norris would back himself to beat Verstappen in, in a McLaren it's just there's no point risking a a team on the up and a, a position you're very comfortable with to go to a team where you could just get absolutely tanked by Max Verstappen so yeah it's difficult it's very difficult but also we saw Seb Vettel try and do this when he thought he was untouchable at the end of 2013 he gets a, a bad car for a season and immediately wants to go and find a better car from anywhere. And he could, obviously couldn't get a Mercedes, so he went to the next best thing, which was Ferrari. So, I think that was more Seb wanted to drive for Ferrari. He did. But say Ferrari were worse... Say Actually, they were worse. Than they were worse in 14. But say say Ferrari were like backmarkers out of nowhere in 2014. He wouldn't have, he would have been like, hey, Williams, do you want me to drive for you, probably? Like, which could have been very funny. But, yeah, I think he... Yeah, the early 90s is very interesting because all of the champions retired at once. And we're on the way to that happening now because obviously in the last few years, Seb's gone, <laughs> Raikkonen's gone, Alonso will be gone within two years. And then you've got Hamilton left and Max Verstappen. And Lewis will be gone within five years. So then you've yeah. got Verstappen. And is anyone going to win? Is anyone new going to win a title within five years? You don't like, so, otherwise Max so. is going to be an eight-time world champion. Yeah, exactly. Quickly. But like, it will be, it will feel like. Obviously, the nineties were different because Senna, who was the big guy at the time, was obviously killed at Imola. 
and that really left a vacuum. So you had the likes of Hill and Schumacher going for first titles at the same time. The so, fact that Demon Hill yeah. should have ever been in a world championship scrap, I think, is still a disgrace to Formula One. But there we are. <laughs> it's um, like uh, Frenson and uh, what's the Irish one called? Eddie Irvine. Irvine. <laughs> yeah, the Irish one. No. <laughs> Frenson exactly. deserved a world championship, man. He absolutely deserved 99 or 98. If, if Ralph Schumacher, I listened to uh, Eddie Jordan's podcast uh, with David Coulter, the very good one. Um, with, they had Ralph Schumacher on. Oh, uh, I think I might have seen this, yeah. And uh, he basically said it Ralph, if you stay with us for 1999, you'd have won that title. <laughs> yeah. But Ralph Schumacher was so determined to leave because of his mistreatment in 98. <laughs> Well, what's it? Didn't Eddie Jordan, who's another British Grand Prix, literally go over to Ralph and go, if you don't finish this race in the points, you're out? And he, and he started last, last. <laughs> because the car had an issue in quality, yeah. <laughs> so funny. But oh, Eddie go. Jordan, man, what a bizarre character. He's so strange. He, is a, he has a good podcast, though, to be fair. He do, they do, to be fair. Uh, let's let's go on to our next talk. We've been point, rambling then, a lot. We have rambled a lot about that. Uh, should we go to the other announcement that got confirmed this week that, of course, we missed? Because no one oh, yeah. always misses announcements. <laughs> Madrid yeah. has been confirmed. Yeah, I, I, I kind of came out of nowhere. Usually we get some murmurs and rumours about... Well, we uh, had, to be fair. I guess there was rumours of Barcelona dropping, wasn't there? But There have been talks for a good couple of months about Madrid. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'm just out of the loop now that I don't see it. But I quite like it. I think it's a shame for the owners of the circuit to Barcelona and Catalonia because they've put so much money into making the circuit better recently and then they've scrapped it anyway. <laughs> like, they've been making such subtle changes to Barcelona with obviously Turn 9 and the last chicane going and they've opened up a lot of the midsection now and then they've just scrapped it. And I actually think the racing's getting slightly better um, at Catalonia but it's still not enough to keep it on the calendar. But Spain deserves a race while Alonso and Science are around. So I'm I'm quite happy. The new Madrid I, track looks alright. I hate to break it to you, but I don't think Alonso's going to be around when this thing gets raced. Well, is it 26, is it? Yeah, yeah. No, he will be. Do you reckon Alonso's <laughs> going to be signing another two-year deal? Well, if, if if you're right, Aston Martin finished fourth in the championship, then I think he will be. Really? Do you reckon he will? Yeah, why not? Why? He's still driving very well. Uh, that electrocution yeah. in 2015 gave him a new lease of life. Well, and the fact he's got... For all we know, that Aston Martin could have been a championship winner this year. It just strolls <laughs> awful. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Alonso's quite good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he, who I can't remember what... He beat... No, he didn't actually beat Ocon, did he? No. Well, he should have beaten Ocon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think the bigger problem with Madrid, isn't it, is it's it's now another, another street circuit, which means already confirmed for 2026, Jamie, if I'm not mistaken apparently is, I believe, 15 or 16 of the current 24 tracks have got contracts confirmed, or places that are hosting Grand Prix have got contracts confirmed for them. Nine of those are street tracks. Yeah, it's a bit mad, isn't it? Um, But, yeah. I, I don't know. If street tracks are designed... So, for instance, Saudi Arabia... I don't really care that it's a street track, because it gives us a really good race. Does it? Does I it, I think though? it does. The first one, yeah. Second one, what happened there? Uh, Perez apart from Apart from Schumacher binning it in qualifying. Uh, Perez... But then we get boring races on, on traditional tracks. No, Max won 22. Perez oh, yeah, won Max did. Max v. Leclerc, <laughs> that was sick. That <laughs> but was what a we're saying battle. is every Saudi GP has got worse than the year before. 
Well, we can see if that continues. Also, F1 as a sport has got worse year on year since Saudi debuted. So that's kind of fair enough. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as long as, as street tracks are designed well and they don't look like Baku and they don't look like Las Baku Vegas, delivered reliably good racing for the first five years. Now it's awful again for some reason. But the but... track design is just so uninspired. It's just straight and 90 degrees. Yeah, but that actually led to some good racing for quite it a few did. years, didn't it? it for did. some reason, Baku's been made far worse because the cars can now battle. <laughs> yeah, well, back it, when it debuted, the cars could only slipstream each other and they couldn't follow the corners. 16 was a dead race, to be fair, 16 wasn't was it? a dead race. 17, 17 18, 18 19 was awful. 20 didn't race. 21 was only good because of Pirelli. 22 was... Uh, I don't even remember what happened in 2022. Nor do I, yeah. I think Verstappen yeah. won, probably. Yeah, I yeah, believe so. Exactly. Okay. Oh, Leclerc but, broke down, didn't he? Oh, yeah, both Ferraris DNF'd. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. I don't know. I quite like this Madrid track. I don't know what you think. Eh. I mean, Barcelona's not that great. I think the thing is, it, it, it was more kind of just the fact that we've lost another proper racetrack for a street circuit. And I... I don't even mind if, like, they alternate or something like that. But, I mean, we're probably not that far away, Jamie, from them running the Spanish Grand Prix at Barcelona on the Sunday and then it's Madrid race night on Wednesday before we head to Monaco <laughs> for next Sunday or something like that. Midweek racing in Formula 1. It is a lot of races. I think 24... I kind of hope we get to do all 24 this season just so everyone realises how bad an idea it is. Well, the um, thing is as well, we got an- we basically got... The first half of the season, the summer break, three Grand Prix, and then another summer break. <laughs> yeah, it is true. But, I don't mind. Yeah, the calendar is a, a problematic yeah. thing. I don't mind the idea of racing from the end of Feb to early December, to be honest, when the Grand Prix are quite evenly spread out. You don't but want more f- than one triple header, really, I don't think. No, and I don't think we have got more than one triple header this year, have we? I don't think so, which is good. Uh, we've um, got, yeah, Spain, Austria, Silverstone. Well, that's so weird that Spain's after Canada. Yeah, the Canada's going to mess us all up this year, isn't it? Because, like, yeah. Japan's around four and stuff like that. I See, I don't mind that. Now Japan's not the end of the season. I don't mind that too much. Yeah, it'll throw us off. But there we go. I think Madrid's good. I do like the look of the track. And people are saying it's like Formula E, but that's kind of the way it's got to go because races are so much easier to go to if they're in a city. And the globalisation of the sport, people fly to I, races more and more. I do get the spectacle behind it. Mm. Yeah. I do understand that. I've just remembered as well that Baku and Singapore are on back-to-back weekends. That's so disgusting. That is just dumbass. What on earth? <laughs> That's almost as bad as Vegas and Abu Dhabi this year, where drivers were still jet-lagged getting Yeah. In. Although, to be yeah. fair, again, we got Vegas and then Qatar a week later. We've got a triple header to end the season as well, sorry. Is Qatar the middle of a triple header? Yep. We've got a three week break between Brazil and Las Vegas. (laughs) Wait, sorry, we've got a triple header from Cota to Mexico to Brazil, and then three weeks before Vegas, Qatar, Abu Dhabi is a triple header to end the year. They are going to be dead in Abu Dhabi. If Qatar (laughs) takes it out of them as much as it did this year, that's going to be I don't think it will, but yeah. Oh man, it's so stupid, so stupid. Why, why do we end up talking about that again? Uh, but yeah, Madrid, Madrid's been announced. Um, I don't care for it. Jamie doesn't mind it. It is what it is. But can we have some real racetracks again soon, please? F1. <laughs> That's what I want. 
just some some proper tracks. I mean, I don't even mind if we go back to you know like Germany, Nurburgring, and Hockenheim swapping each year for a few years. I think that's going to be the way they're going to have to go soon, isn't it? Because apparently, they want they've now um, bought the rights and trademarked a race in Chicago as well. Yeah, which is surely going to be alternating because well, we don't need four U.S. Grand Prix. Chicago delivered an absolute banger of a NASCAR race last year. Shane Did Van Gisbergen. Yeah, Shane Van Gisbergen. Uh, no, not an oval. But they have the a racetrack. Oh, yeah, it's in the it, was, okay. it was street circuit, yeah. It was basically down a boulevard, you then go left. It was basically a figure of eight, except for rather than crossing over, it was like, you know, in Singapore, where yeah, the track yeah, almost falls back in on itself. Um, that's basically what Chicago street circuit was. The problem is with um, American cities is because they're, they're grid-shaped. You can only have 93 quarters. Pretty much. Yeah, it, the problem is with American cities is they're actually well-designed. No, they're not well-designed. European cities Aren't are they? way better. Some European cities are better. London is the best city in the world. Is it? Are you sure? <laughs> in what world? In terms of in terms of layout, why is London so great? It's you can get around London way easier than you can get around. That's because the underground. No, but like because it's actually got ring roads. There's most American hey. cities have one. This is a really London's off topic. got one ring road. What are you want? No, it's not. It's got like four. It's got the M25, <laughs> and that's it. That's the. It's got the North Circular. Oh, that's that's half of London. <laughs> have you seen yeah, the South no, Circular? No, no one cares about South London. It's fine. Well, the South Circular exists. Have you seen it? Does. It? It's just it does. a B road. It's awful. It that's why I live in, That's that's why you just live in North London. Well, don't live in London. <laughs> my recommendation. Uh, but anyway, Jamie, back to Chicago. I will allow a Chicago street race if, and it's a big if, Formula One do an F1 slash NASCAR crossover. Two races, same track, same weekend. That'd be quite cool. That would be. That would be. I good. would I'd... love to see them do it with the Indy Five Hundred race on the road course, except for oh, it that won't would happen be because really of the Monaco cool. Grand Prix. Yeah, that won't happen. Um, I I don't think we need four permanent US Grand Prix on the calendar. Um, can't I, I mean, just Miami. Is can't I just alternate going. with Miami? Can't we just do that? Well, Miami. It's a shame it's locked in for ten years, isn't it? Because well, we've already be had three of them. Yeah, but that's still seven more to go, and they're well, no, pretty bad. We've only bad. had two, haven't we? But one's this no, year. Had, was, did we have three, or we only had no, two? No, just two. We've only had, oh, we've only had two, damn it, man. Yeah, so we've got oh. another eight Miami Grand Prix for Verstappen to win. Uh, <laughs> so I feel I've been so negative on this podcast. We like Formula One. If you're new here, we don't just complain all the time. We do. We do. Formula <laughs> Formula One's not what it was when we were when we were a lad. When we were kids. Exactly. Um, but I want to see F one if they're racing in Chicago, do a crossover event with NASCAR, or do a crossover event at Cota with IndyCar, something like that. I think Formula One now needs to embrace other series. It does. We see that with in the gaming industry, where games like mutually prosper by collaborating with other games. Exactly. So we should do it. Let's get F1 at Laguna Seca on the same weekend as a rally. Sorry? Who races at Laguna Seca? Not no a rally. Imza. Oh. There you go. IndyCar, to be fair, still. I would love to see a, an F1 car go down the corkscrew and just lose its front wing every lap. That'd be great. Fair enough. Um, what else have we got to discuss, Jamie? Drive to Survive, Season 6. Oh, yes. I will not watch it. Fun fact, I just finished watching Drive to Survive Season 5 this week. Goes to show how much we care. Was it any good? No, not particularly. It was pretty boring. Fair. 
I mean, it doesn't help because, of course, we know what happens if we talk about it. Yeah, I've always found this with DTS. I enjoyed it when it first came out because it was novelty. I watched the first three, I think, first three seasons. Yeah. And then 2021 came around, and it's like, the reason I enjoyed it was because you saw things we hadn't already seen. Like, the internals of the teams are the most interesting thing to me. Yeah. But the problem with 2021 was, there's an obvious narrative to go for, which they did, which is understandable, but that makes it not for me. Because yeah. I already know what happened. Yeah, and then obviously the problem with 2022 and 2023 is the, the IRL seasons have been really boring. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a shame. It, yeah, a real, real shame, isn't it? At the end of the day. I might um, I might watch season six. I just got Netflix back, so... Oh, fair enough. Yeah, should, we should we watch it live on a stream? We should. Next week's podcast, or whenever it's out, February, what, 5th or something? That is no, it's out, it's out, yeah, next week, isn't it, I believe? There you go. Maybe. Are we gonna are we gonna react yeah, live, to live watch along? We'll do we'll do a live watch along of I, the only thing I do want to see is Gunther Steiner get the phone call from Gene Haas. That it be won't hilarious. be in there, will it? It's too late. Oh, it's too late, isn't it? Well, maybe I'll watch season seven. They'll they'll have to just do like you know the end of the Gunther Steiner <laughs> episode. Just a cut to black and goes Gunther was dropped three weeks after filming. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I guarantee you that's how they'll do it. That'll be how they portray Gunther Steiner being let go. Uh, final talking point then, Jamie. We've rambled on for quite a while, um, but both Red Bull Adrian Newey and Mercedes James Allison have come out today interestingly saying on the time of recording uh, that they believe they have pretty much reached the limit of what they can do with this generation of cars. So, the question okay. I have for you has got to be, Red Bull, I believe it, what toaster oven a Mercedes going to bring? Yeah, Mercedes... You cannot have reached the potential of this generation of cars if you're not the fastest car on the grid. Or are Mercedes... I mean, I don't want to believe that Mercedes are cooking. This is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to believe. I'm just waiting to get to Bahrain, sit down on a Friday afternoon, and Hamilton ends up out in P12 in Q2. Yeah, wasn't it last... just another year of... No, it was 2022, wasn't it, where he was out in Q1 in Saudi Arabia. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. but they took them completely the wrong setup. But yeah. Yeah, they did. Because he got a podium I, in Bahrain. I think it's both these news actually are probably good news for the sport because we always say, and we've said this, go back and watch this before 2022. When a rule change comes in, generally one or two teams at most will nail it. Yep. And then everyone else spends five years catching up. And by the end yep. of the generation cycle, it's when you get the best seasons, typically. Yep. So if they think they've reached the development limit, and the rest of the teams are all just getting up to that limit. We're going to have a lot of teams be fast. Maybe not this year, but in 2025, it'll be great. Eh, yeah. I so want to believe. I want to tune back that. in in a year, and Fernando Alonso is going to win number title number, t- number three. I mean, let's be fair. The always, the thing is, well, isn't it? At the moment, is um, a lot of people don't give it enough credit still in Formula One. The grid's already closer than it pretty much historically has ever been. Yes. Like the idea yeah. that the entire grid can be covered by a second in qualifying. The problem is one is team mental. is just an absolute machine when it comes to everything. They just don't make Well, mistakes. it's just race pace, isn't it? The thing is with Red Bull. Race pace. And also, like even back when Mercedes were quality, they would sometimes have a strategy blunder. They would sometimes drop the ball with reliability or their drivers would crash into each other. Those things just don't really happen where they've set up the perfect machine at winning world championships. Yeah, and you know you combine that, of course, with the fact that we're in we're getting towards the end of an engine cycle of regs, aren't we? As well, 
Mm. Um, so, you know, reliability should be good, that kind of thing as well. I want to see V10s blowing up every other week. <laughs> That's what I want back yeah. in my Formula 1. I want to see tyres exploding. Should be like 2013 Pirellis. Oh, don't. So. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. I mean, do we, do we, do we think... I mean, we, we did our predictions last week, don't we, Jamie? Mercedes, we've seen them be far too confident the last couple of years. Do they, do they get back to it? Do they? Uh, I mean, they're not going to win the title, are they? No, no. They could, they could. As a world, they finished second, easily. Yeah. I mean, they finished second this year, didn't they? So... Exactly. Is there a world in which they win more than one Grand Prix next year? I think so. There's 24. Well, this year, sorry. There's enough races to have a go at. They, they've, they're going. They might sneak one or two. We can only hope. It's like we've said before. It's been two and a half years since Hamilton won a race now. So. Oh, it's mad, isn't it? Well, two years and a month. To be or two months, I suppose. Um, Three months by the time the season starts. Well, yeah. I mean, I would, I would love to see Lewis walk away with a dub in Bahrain. Oh man, the joy, <laughs> the joy. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, we'll wait and see, won't we? I like we kind of said last week. Even if Red Bull still end up comfortably out in front by the end of the year, it'd be nice if like they get less or like half of the wins this year. Even if the bigger picture, yeah. I'll make a deal. Fifty-five percent of the wins. That's what thirteen out of twenty-four. Yeah. Chilling. That seems, That's that a lot of wins fair. for everyone else. One That's for Alonso, please. One for Alonso, a couple for Hamilton, a couple for George and Ferrari, and maybe, you know, a, a lucky one in a, a, a there, random you know, an Gasly. Al- an, a Gasly win or an Alban Williams oh, Joe, Joe back to the top. Joe Guan Yu, redemption before he gets sacked at the end of the year. Oh, I'm actually that on thing. that topic. I'm very excited that we get to go to Shanghai talking about real tracks. We do hopefully get to go back to Shanghai this year at last. It's usually been cancelled before this point in previous years. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd so, be staggered if 2024 is still cancelled. Yeah, and Joe Guan Yu is gonna gonna get a top five. Is he? I, I see a world in which Joe Guan Yu gets absolutely destroyed. At He'll get one. taken out at turn one. You just know yeah. it's gonna happen by Logan Sargent because America's better than China. <laughs> <laughs> it's a political statement. Hopefully not. Um, yeah, Shanghai is a great circuit. My first ever league race win versus Matt was at that circuit. So I thought you won. No, you didn't win Australia, did you? No, I came no. second at Australia, but I beat uh, you, so that's all that matters. Well, luckily I won in Bahrain between them. Pole position was mine. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, I noticed this last week as well. Like at the moment, every show seems to end in a random league racing reference. Yeah, there you go. From ten years ago. <laughs> uh, have we got anything else to add, Jamie? Has something been announced in the last? Uh, two well, minutes? slightly actually. I did, oh. Uh, Do go on. Alan Alan Permain has gone to Red Bull. Oh. No, not Red Bull. Sorry, Racing Bulls. <laughs> racing Bulls. I oh, so. That's stupid, so confusing. Man. So stupid. So Alan Permit, he's been with... Well, I know obviously he got sacked by Alpine last year when they <laughs> sacked everyone. He was there for a long time. I'm surprised he's gone somewhere else. Yeah, especially not in the UK. Well, he was um, based in... Was No, he was this no, time. No, he was based in Enstone, yeah. Yeah, fair uh, And Racing I mean, Bulls. Actually, you say that. Racing Bulls have got a small oh, they have, office they? here, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's going to be racing director. Reporting nice. to new team principal Laurent Meckies. He's going to so be the RD good. for RB. RD for RB. That's what I just yes. said, yes. Yes. Yeah, I, <laughs> the, it's going to confuse you all season. I saw the headline, Permain to make F1 return as RB announced several technical changes. Why is that not Red Bull? That means Red Bull in my brain. <laughs> it means Red Bull in everyone's brain. It's so stupid, but there we are. I mean, I, I have always wondered what it must be like for Italians. Why? When they were Toro Rosso. Yeah, true. Because you've got Red Bull and Scuderia Red Bull. It's yeah. true. 
But I'm not Italian, so that's Wait, not my problem. If, if you're actually being correct, it's Red Bull and Team Red Bull. Oh, yes, yeah, Goodrear just means team, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm something of a linguist to myself. <laughs> we should end it there. Oh, man, we, we should. Thank you all, as always, so much for listening. Uh, if you have enjoyed, please do make sure to leave a like. Get yourself subscribed. As, as Jamie and I said, we, we, we're talking. We, we want to try and potentially in the near future do some live shows, which, which could be very good fun as well but there's there's no promise to that at the moment however what is a promise is if we reach 10,000 subscribers and um, we will try and reach every formula when. well when when we reach <laughs> i love that kind of energy when we reach 10,000 subscribers we will try and get to every f1 team factory inside 24 hours in europe ass. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah thank you all as always so much and we'll be back very soon uh, with more knowing wheel